everybody welcome to this next episode of the x podcast it's really amazing to have you with us today however you're tuning in if you're listening if you're watching if you're running or mowing (laughs) i don't know whatever you're doing we're so glad that you're here with us today and it's a special episode aren't they all special special they are this one's really special the most special the most special yeah, the most first special of all ever. russ lost his voice <laughs> yes so did. that's special sorry but what's also special is our guest come on yeah we got joel yes. joel, joel leggett, leggett here yes An honor all the way from atl come on or as pastor tim likes to say hotlanta 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 yes. hot yes. but i think it's just as hot here but it is very hot it is, it is very hot yeah. that's why i'm keeping my arms pinned to my body um that's what you do i feel like a teenage boy that's wow can we see Huh? What, what's going on? No. All okay. right, moving on. So, <laughs> this is going to be a really great episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joel came to our church. As you know, we're all pastors at X Church. If you're listening from outside of our context, and he came and just like tore the house down yesterday yeah. with an incredible message. So, we're thankful Thank for you. that. Thank you. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about yesterday and all the craziness that happened yeah. on Sunday wow. at church. It's probably one of the crazier Sundays I've been a part it of. It was pretty crazy. Uh, in, in my. Uh, lifetime here and i also want to talk about joel joel started a church how long ago uh roughly four and a half months ago four and a half months ago. january 24th was our launch date wow so like mm-hmm. pandemic still happening and you middle decided of to launch a church <laughs> so uh, that's a great idea yeah yeah, yeah i did something we're going to talk about all the unique things that come along with that mm-hmm. and just what it's like to start something new yeah. in a volatile mm-hmm. season uh talk a little bit about your background and just give our listeners a little bit of uh of a history, so love it. So, Joel's kind of our connection through Russ, mm-hmm. and so why don't you kind of give us a little? I know you can't really talk at all. But. Yeah, I'll keep it brief. Um, so, I was a uh, student pastor. I, was, I pastored, led a group of middle and high school students in Atlanta for five years, and uh, I'd say once a quarter, I'd go to you know people would ask you to come to these little networking connection, meet other youth pastors. And to be honest, I didn't resonate with a lot of the ones I met, but I met Joel and was just like, okay, I like this guy. Like this, this could be a friend. And uh, we just built a friendship yep. and I would have him come speak uh, at uh, my church and he would have me come speak at his church. And really we've just kept a friendship over the last five or six years. And I just, uh, just fell in love with Joel's spirit and super gifted, mm-hmm. but just has been yeah. an awesome friend. Yeah. yeah, man, that was a lot of nice things about me. Yeah, I, that I was all, that all there of them. Is but I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you guys stay connected, and, and you kind of had like a. I want to know your journey after you guys had met because okay. like, you worked at different churches. Or, I did. Uh, how, tell us about just maybe the last couple of years. And yeah. How you so, um, I guess the biggest. Uh, I mean, many of them were highlights, mm-hmm. but most of you know a little church in Oklahoma called a Life Church. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of them. Yeah, no. Nope. Yeah. Most people know Life Church by the Bible app. Yeah, and version. Yeah, Uversion. Yeah, Uversion. Yeah. Yeah. Those Uversion. listening, largest church in America. Yeah, that, uh, th- over that's what 30, they say. Yeah, that's what they say. Over thirty locations. Over definitely. I think 36. it was thirty-one when I was there, and I, they've grown about like thirty-six now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, 
um, that was like the really big like uh, catalyst, I would say, for just all, all things leadership systems and just really learning yeah. how to um, just manage. After um, you met me, after yeah, yeah, at, yeah Russ had a, a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, but I, I was I was in stu- I was in student ministry uh, for about six years up until that point. Um, I met him when I was working at a church in uh, Woodstock, Georgia, mm-hmm. and then from Woodstock, Georgia, we moved to Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. I was um, at a Ark Church there. I was thriving. I was doing amazing things. Had an opportunity to go to Life Church. Mm-hmm. Um, they found me on YouTube. The recruiter watched me preach, uh, and at the movies, <laughs> yeah, message on Cool Runnings. Oh, <laughs> come cool on, runnings. yeah, the and Jamaican the Jamaican team. team. Come on, somebody. And and Life Church. So funny. And Life Church is uh, they created at the movies yeah. so that they can yeah. draw attendance through the summer. So that probably just resonated with them huge. Yeah. And I thought it was a scam. Yeah. When they sent me an email, because <laughs> yeah. so I was like, I was like, because yeah. there's other church called Life Church. It was there's too good to not be. Lot, but this was like Life Dot Church is what mm-hmm. they refer to, like the real one as yeah. Life Dot Church. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he called me, gave me a screen call, and it was the what? Like I think a lot of organizations probably could use this screen call because it was really cool. So like just for all the leaders listening, um, they said, "What well, if you hit a if you had the bases loaded, what song would they play in the stadium when you came out?" I was like, "This Whoa. is a church question." I, I was like, like oh, like I was like, bring them out by T.I. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I was like, yeah, bring them out. And he was like, fantastic. He was like, because he gave me a Christian song. He was, you know, he was waiting to see if you were going to say Matt Redman. Or, or yeah, Hillsong Young yeah, Three yeah, or Kirk Franklin, or, Do You Want a Revolution, or, or David Stomper. Crowder, and it was going to be like, we're done. <laughs> yeah, 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 bye. Yeah. And he was like, the second thing, he was like, if uh, you can pick any actor to play your life, what would it be? And I was like, oh, Macaulay Culkin, dude. I loved the Home Alones when I was a kid. I was like, come on, I love it. He's a mischievous, like his parents had a lot of money. I was like, I love it. I love his life. Kevin McAllister, like, you just get lost intentionally and go in other cities. Mm. You mean like kid version Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, yeah not, not, adult, not the adult version. Yeah, <laughs> all the listeners, yeah, kid kid version of Macaulay Culkin. Um, so um, I went through those screening calls, and then they did another one and went through several rounds of interviews. And um, Live Church, it's almost like an American Idol for pastors. A lot of people don't know this. So they eliminate you throughout your week there. Yeah. So um, multiple they couple bringing a lot of bringing a, at the same time. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then, and then you just start noticing that people just start leaving throughout the week mm-hmm. and it just dwindles down to like nobody. So I always say maybe I'm not exaggerating. Maybe we came in there, maybe 20, 30 couples and it was like six of us left. Mm. Yep. And so they just put you through the ringer. Well, they tell you it's more likely to win the lottery. And they tell you it's more hired. likely to win a, get a job to win the lottery than it is to get a job at Life Church, which I guess I get now. There's thousands of pastors, maybe million, m- millions of us. Yeah. There's 33 lo- 31 locations at the time, so there's 31 youth pastors, 31 campus pastors. Yeah. So the, your odds mm-hmm. are pretty pretty slim. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, went from there and then moved back to Augusta, Georgia. And, uh, and then how we, long were you there? Augusta, Georgia. No, uh, how long were you at Life Church? Oh, seven months. Seven months. <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, yep, seven months. They fired uh, you after seven months. They, yep, they fired me after seven months. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, um, um yeah, my, my, wi- uh, my wife and I, huh? yeah, 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 my wife and I just adopted a, a brand new baby. And uh, you know how it is. Um, all of my moms out there may be listening. She really wanted to be back closer to family. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and, uh, just, you know, being a devoted husband to my wife who, uh, have given up so much for me in ministry. I was like, I'll gladly, you know, give this up for you. But when money's tight, like I told Pastor Tim, remember, mm. we, uh, <laughs> We left a nice, we left a nice situation, like they say in Georgia, situation. Yeah, situation. <laughs> yeah. So from Augusta, to, then back to Atlanta, where I'm from, or yeah. you know, the South. Yeah. Um, and I would plant a church there through Very the cool. through the Ark. Shout out to Chris Hodges. 
Yeah. So the, yes. describe from, a little bit of what, what the ARC is for people who don't know. Yep. So it's an uh, association of related churches. Uh, Chris Hodges, um, you know, I know, I think some people might know him in the business world a little bit, but maybe not made, you know, because yeah. his relationship with John Maxwell and yeah. Yeah. Um, and different things like that. Um, but he started a, a organization with his friends to help plant churches. So he's yeah. like, well, I'm going to be the first one. And if this doesn't work, can I go work at y'all's church if I fail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he so he got with his other pastor friends like, hey, I'm going to sell everything I got. And could you basically just support me? Mm-hmm. And uh, his father-in-law helped, uh, was like the catalyst to lead it all. I think his name was, um, I forgot. His dad, his father-in-law wrote a book. You're talking about Rizzo? No, not no. Dino Rizzo. Um, uh, his dad wrote a book. I can't remember his I, name. He I'm, referenced Joel, um, He just passed away, I think. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, his stock still. No, 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 no. His, um. Yeah, but anyways, his father-in-law helped him do it. So then, yeah. and they, they they set a goal out to plant a certain amount of churches. We I think we might be like church nine hundred something. Wow, nine hundred. Um, yeah, That's and, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna stop eventually. Really? Mm-hmm. They're gonna stop planting new churches. We don't I, need I, them, huh? Yeah, uh, we do need them, but I just I think but I think they're gonna stop. I don't think it's an limited amount of churches they're gonna keep planting. Really? Wow. I could be completely wrong on that, but it takes a lot of resources to do what they do. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, if you plant a million of them, ugh, like that's a lot of. <laughs> yeah, but oh. how many of them are still alive? Are most of them? Um, I think so. And I also don't know if, so you can be an ARC family member mm-hmm. and you can be an ARC church plant. So an ARC family member, you just use a resource of training. Yeah. You're just like, you're like a distant cousin. Yeah. And I'm like their son. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So. So you leave kind of have a lot of different ministry expressions that you've been a part of. Mm-hmm. Then you get one of uh, probably, you know, maybe it's weird for people to hear this in terms like this, but you get a really great ministry job as far as security, as far as, you know, pay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y-E-S. I mean, just a yes. really great situation. I mean, that Life Church is, um, I, I think they're the number one place to work. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Russ said that um, they made the they're, they're somewhere on a list for like place yeah. to work like in One general. Of, I mean, yeah. the pastor of Life Church runs the Global Leadership Institute, or right? Yeah. Global yes. Leadership yes. Uh, yeah. The Summit. Summit. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he, he heads, he's the chairman of it. You know, so like this is a, a really great ministry yeah. job. You leave yes. it, you come back home because, you know, family situation. And, um, and then you feel like God speaks to you to kind of plant a church, yeah. which is just a really unique situation i think people from the outside looking in kind of looks a little crazy <laughs> because yeah. you have to raise all the funding yep. you got to um it's entrepreneurial in a sense you mm-hmm. know what i mean so just describe maybe what that process is like from from birth of a vision and, and a dream yep. and like the steps that you had to walk out like okay i want to do this and i feel like this is what god wants me to do mm-hmm. now what yeah so um ark has prerequisites when you want to plant a church so you have to have 45 members on your launch did team. you always want to plant with ark always yeah um since 2015 i knew that i wanted to, if i was going to plant a church i was going to plant it through the ark mm-hmm. we went to uh at the inside elevation and they had an ark booth there and yeah. when i was a youth pastor my wife and i were just like man you have a dream to plant a church you're like yeah we do uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we do we got a we got a uh, like a booklet from them yeah. and we man we looked over we're like this is so cool one day so you've you been know. marinating on that for oh years. for years we yeah. had the name for it for our church back in 2015 everything yeah. like yeah. had all of the, had all the vision and stuff like that so you have prerequisites that you have to go through to be able to be able to church planner finances the debt income ratio mm-hmm. um have 45 people on your launch team um um and have a um certain amount of money raised so arc matches up to fifty thousand dollars of what you raise Raise. Mm. You raise 50k, they give you 50k. Wow. Um, so it takes a lot of money. They loan you. 
Yeah, they loan you 50k. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How much church money is that? Yeah. 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 So they, they loan you. Yeah, they they loan you 50 they loan you 50k and they support you um for 6 months financially to make sure you meet your budget after you launch. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously in COVID, that was not sexy at all. <laughs> Why uh, did you decide to start this during COVID? Can you can you explain I, that? I um I felt like um it was this it was just my our time. Mm. It was our time. The season was odd, like you said, volatile season. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was just our time. Mm. We just um, and I, I I wanted to not do it. I, let's just be honest. Like I didn't yeah. want to do it because of COVID. Um, but my wife just had a very open and honest, transparent conversation with me on our back patio uh, when I was a youth pastor, and she was like, "No, we have to do it now." But she was like, "Because I don't want to get any older, and I don't want to do it when we're older." Mm. She's like, "Let's just while we're young and dumb, let's just do it now." Yeah. And she was like, "And if we fail, well, at least we can be in our rocking chairs." And say, hey, you know what, man? God did something for six months wow. right. or a year, right? Yeah, but we're good now. So live you, without regret. L- exactly is what you're saying. Yep. But the decision you guys had just to set the stage for that, you guys had been involved in another church in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So you left Life Church, Oklahoma. You came back to Georgia, got involved in another church, serving there. Yep. And so for you to start this church, did you have to leave your place of employment? Yes. That's so. That's why I want. Yes. Yeah, so a lot. Yeah. So a lot of you know a lot of um, youth pastors have a. I don't say rainbow road or candy land, but compared to my story, they had a rainbow road and candy <laughs> land. Um, I didn't necessarily have that. My, my pastor, um, that church, they signed off so that I could be a part of the art because you have to have a um, a pastor who believes in you, has a you know God has a calling on your life, and they can support you because mm-hmm. somebody has to back you for the money if you if you if you fail. Mm. So they did do that. They blessed someone's us. co-signing. Somebody's co-signing. That's right. You cannot go. You cannot be a church planner with the ark without having a co-signer. Mm. And that that church has to show a strong financial financial record as well. So you can't go get like your grandma's church around the corner and say, hey. So, so it's definitely like you're going to buy a car mm-hmm. and you're 18 years old and they're like, uh, your parents are going to have to sign for this because Period. they will have to pay yep. if you don't make it. Yep. They'll have to pay if you don't make it. Really? Yep. So if the church plant fails, whoever co-signs, they, their organization is responsible to pay Responsible. Back. Correct. Wow. They're responsible for there it. There you go. Yeah. Now, there are some church planters out there who don't need ARC's money at all. Right. So they get all the systems, they get all the resources of ARC, but they, have, they came from, you know, you know, whatever, like Lakewood, Pastor yeah. Joel gave him a million dollars, and they don't have to have it. There's some, and there's some church planners out there who have. You mean there are people who have a million dollars to start a church? They, yeah, they actually have a guy. Oh, they uh, know that exists. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have it's a pastor out of um, Nashville. He, they, the ark, you know, shows him in your training. He raised a million dollars. Wow, raised a million. His That's name's uh, Pastor J D Ost. That's impressive. How um, how much money does it take to start a church? Who? Um, that's probably people. Well, well, so it depends on at what level you're going to start. <laughs> yeah. um, we we penny pinched. Yeah. We didn't even have subs because we didn't have enough money to buy them because mm-hmm. they're another $5,000. Yeah. Um, we launched um, with $35,000. Yeah. $35,000. And we were able, we were blessed because the the uh, place that we meet allowed us to store our stuff on site. Yeah. So we did not have to buy a trailer because the trailer was yeah. $7,000. Um, and, and ARC allowed us to cut corners because of COVID. Yeah. So normally they don't allow you to plant a church without a mailer. Yeah. So we were able to plant without a mailer. So we were able to cut a lot of corners. But 35000 was, I mean, that's a shoestring. Yeah. I mean, our AVL was fifteen grand. You know, that's that's and that and that's sixty inch TVs. Right. We didn't yeah. have, we don't have we don't have rear projectors or whatever yeah. you call them. So nothing yeah. nothing Not out like of LEDs nothing fancy. Nothing like n- nothing fancy. We got them on post. 
Yeah. And uh, you know, we got in ear monitors and stuff like that, but thirty five thousand is that's that's pennies for planning a church. You probably need I had a uh call another church planner in San Francisco, Jason Laird. Oh, yeah. And a shout out to him and um he his launch budget was like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Yep. Wow. So thirty five thousand dollars in comparison to him, like I mean, we man, you know Wow. So you need if I could if I could say to a church planner you to 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 launch strong and excellent and well and you really kill the game mm-hmm. um you need five hundred thousand dollars jeez i think it's i think the value in i have always thought this way about you uh master tim is there's a really unique kind of balance that you guys do as lead pastors when you're pastoring a church and when you're starting something new and because i think the perception is you sit around you pray and you kind of it's a super spiritual intimate thing with God where he just delivers manna mm. from heaven to mm. and, that, and mm. maybe that does happen in, in, in the way maybe you that one pastor got a million dollars but, but, yeah. but yeah. Like, there's this really huge organizational leadership calling that you guys have to fulfill as well mm-hmm. like there is I mean it does not it's not cheap to rent out spaces mm-hmm. it's not cheap to uh, to to present to large crowds to crowds at all it's it's, it's not it's not cheap to hire staff. It's not cheap to send out mailers and to promote a church. It, like these things cost lots of money, mm-hmm. lots. and so to you have kind of this stigma in the world of, of churches doing certain things with money, and then the very real re- the, the the very present reality of it takes a lot of money yes. to do this. And so, how do you manage that tension? Maybe both of you could speak to that. I'll let you go first. Well, I'll let the goat well, go first. I, 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 my experience was I can't really speak to that because we did not have a lot of money. Hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't, don't think we had $35,000. So, um, you know, to start, to start, the way you say start a church, I understand that's today. That's the mindset. You want to start big and strong right. where the hopeful idea is – you know, you, you're launching and there's hundreds of people coming and boom, you're a church day one of whatever. That didn't exist. Mm-hmm. We didn't have an organization. We ARC didn't exist. We had three families that uh, with the blessing of the church we were currently in allowed us to put our tithes in a savings account to save to plant. Oh, nice. So that's what we did. And, you, and so we there was no mailer. We put an ad out in one newspaper. Um, that's a whole lot cheaper than a mailer. It <laughs> How much did it cost it you? It don't reach. Oh, probably a couple hundred bucks. Back it don't. When, it also don't reach. Didn't reach on anybody. Were a thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, so we, I would say, we didn't even have that much. Um, you know, I. There is a lot that you have to do. I think, um, you know, speaking to the organizational leadership that you have to have, the the things you have to do. You have to do everything. You have to do everything. You're you're responsible for everything. Set yeah. up, tear down. Well, ours was different because we had a space. We found a, um, we found as a, in a you know, terrible location, but we had a, a, just a, an opportunity to rent a space that I think was about 3,000 square feet. Wow. It was just an open warehouse, and we had to build it out. So all the money that we had in the account went to construction materials, and we didn't hire anybody. Wow. It was four of us. Um, three family members and another person that we went there on Saturdays and we went there on evenings and we built the space out. And you're working other jobs. Wow. Oh yeah, we're working. Oh, oh yeah, we're get it. we didn't get into that yet. So so we're oh. we're we literally built out. It was literally a big open just aluminum box frame shell, and we had to go build the bathrooms, 
and we had to go build a wall to separate from the back kids room to the wow. stage wall. We had to, I mean, we did it all. I mean, there was four of us. Wow. So, you know, we, we, we used hammer and nails. That's what we did to build our first location. Wow. How much did you launch with? <laughs> How much? So you said yeah, you, your tithing was going to a savings account. How much did you have in there? Oh, I doubt there was. I doubt there was probably more than twenty thousand dollars that we had when we started. Okay. And doing that, and you know, so again, in the situation I'm in now, I wouldn't want to launch like that. I go back and go, man, I'd never want to launch like that. But I'm just grateful for the grace of God that oh, we are where on. we are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you learn a lot. So I learn a lot by what we did. But we didn't have. I'm thankful today that there's organizations who who provide a way for someone like yourself to be able to start a church and to do it well. That yeah. took me years. I mean, I worked full time in another job for the first, uh, see three, four years. Wow. That I pastored that church. Jeez. So I worked full time and I pastored that church, a uh, church plant. So, you know, that's, but when you don't have, you don't have an organization supporting you and you don't have uh, a launch. I mean, we didn't have, a, we had a launch team. I think I had like 12 people. Wow. And um, well, <laughs> <Mom, that>, yeah, <laughs> my wife's parents and her grandparents came. That was nice. And her aunt came and one other couple and us. And, uh, you know, so so I think everybody has a little bit different journey, but it does take it. It takes a lot of guts. I commend you. I know what it's like. I've been in your shoes. Yeah, it takes a lot of guts. It takes risk, it, you know, and, and you had different kind of risk because, uh, you know, you. You stepped away from your job before you started it. I stepped away yes. from my job after we started it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's a different kind of risk. And so maybe you can even speak to that and, and, and his question as well and, and what that looked like for you yeah. organizationally to start it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't, you know, in your ARC application, they ask you, are you going to plant part-time or are you going to be a, a full-time? But most church planters that I talk to have gone and done it well. They don't do it by vocation. Mm, yeah. It's hard. It's very I don't recommend I, I couldn't ima- I couldn't imagine it. I don't recommend Like, it. I couldn't imagine it. So I was also in school full-time the first year that we yeah, started it. That's insane. I did all three. Wow. Wow. That was stupid. Superhuman. <laughs> Like, that was stupid. Yeah. I, it, all I did was my schedule was crazy. Oh, had Work to be. in the day, come home in the evening, had school Monday night, all night Monday night. Uh, did stuff in the church stuff for the evening. Um, Saturday, prepared message all day. Saturday, Sunday would preach. And then Sunday afternoon, all day and evening, did school work. Oh. And then Monday, went back to work and then went back to school Monday night. And luckily, I was in an adult degree program, so it was only one night a week where you had four hours straight, and the rest you had to write and do on your own. So That's I it. did that for like a year, the first year. And I yeah. just look back and go, okay, but but God gave me a grace because yeah. that'll kill you. Oh, that'll I kill you. It will kill you. Yeah. But God, and that's what I've heard. Gave, God gave me a grace yeah, to survive that, it. I'm telling you. Yeah, it'll, just, it'll kill you. And that's what most church planners who try to do it by vocationally fail. Yeah. And uh, I remember my old executive pastor, he said, when my job was doing good, the church was doing bad. Yeah. And then when my and church is doing good, my job is doing bad. Yeah. And he said, but when the church is doing good, my family would be doing well. Yeah. You know, so he wow. said, whatever you can do, do not try to do both. It's hard. Like, you just don't have time to network. You don't have time to, you know, to take random trips to Montana that I was invited on with these other, you know, big time pastors who can pour into you and you can learn and then you get other connection and stuff yeah. like that. Because, um, you know, all of it's relationship heavy in your uh, pre-launch phase. Yeah. And that was the darkest. That was the darkest season for me because you couldn't go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And build a launch team because it was shut down. You so couldn't gather I couldn't, a group. I couldn't, go, I couldn't go to Starbucks and just like hang out with people and buy five dollars Starbucks gift cards and hand them out and say, "Hey, come hop on a Zoom and hear about vision for me and my wife on, on Sunday." Mm. Like all of the way that we had to recruit people, what we did is we had virtual 
uh, launch parties. And we, if you sign up for our virtual launch party, we send $25 DoorDash gift card for you and your spouse. So you bribe people to, we did. to get we into did. a... Yep. Yeah. We did. So we send them door. <laughs> so they ordered food on us, and then they hopped on a Zoom call her vision from us. Wow. And uh, that was... We were able were to... you able to build a team? We were. We were able to... We How got, many people? Um, oh, th- that we launched with? Yeah. We, oh, we have 45 people. Okay. We have 45 people that we launched with, but, I mean, that dwindled quickly yeah. to, like, uh, like uh, 26 or 29 like after like week two, or yeah. So, like, so, yeah. <laughs> so they were with you till they weren't. They're with you till, yeah, exactly. They, and they say you lose everybody within six months, mm-hmm. at, in church planning world. So yeah. far, that's so far that's that's been happening. But has, <laughs> has it been true with you? What they say that um, the person that says the first person that says I'll be there till the end is the first person to leave. We have not seen that person yet. Yeah. Um, we've struggled mainly with worship musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are you saying they're flaky or what? Uh, n- or? N- uh, no. N- yeah. No. <laughs> our worship director, he's, you know, he and I serve in youth ministry together. He's very strong and, yeah. and bought into our house, he and his wife. But um, the, our contract musicians, yeah. they were very uh, in and out. They Because they, you know, they showed up, we got, got a check and just kind of, they weren't really bought into the vision yeah. versus those who are. They're really just hardcore about it. But um, building a launch team was not fun. Our very first launch party that we had, yeah. um, we had it at a coffee shop. And the owner told us, or the manager told us, that their, the gathering amount was like 12 people. Okay. Might have been six, but I feel like it might have been. It was 12. We had, guess how many people we had? had? Three people show up to the first one. There you three go. people who came are still very heavily involved in our church. Today. Cool. They, 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 are, they are rock stars mm. in our church. And I had three people. I went home, definitely wanted to quit, super discouraged. My wife, she's so full of faith. That's her gift. And she's like, babe, man, you, you, but you, you poured into those three people. <laughs> like, oh, you, 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 you yeah. poured, you love them well. And she's yeah. like, it's going to be good. And I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and the next one, um, the next one, 30 people came. Wow. And then after that, it got so big where we had to rent out three rooms in that coffee shop in order wow. to sustain it all. That's so awesome. that's cool. So just God, just, you know, be on our faithfulness. Uh, can we talk and, about relationships? I, I think that that's maybe a, I want us to kind of circle back on when you start something new. You know, even in the business world, they say, what is it? Nine out of every 10 startups fails mm-hmm. okay yeah. and so you kind of alluded to that yeah is that there's so many churches that start church plants that fail, fail. yeah i think one out of every three or something one out of every three some crazy yeah i heard like, it was about 80 percent of church plants fail within the first five years right yep. I got a couple yeah. of pastors tell me all these stats so i don't know what yeah i believe. don't believe half of it <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah i got but, it from a, a barter group i think yeah <laughs> i think that uh, you know the the point that we're trying to make is um it's extremely difficult to start anything no. from scratch mm-hmm. and my observation in the church world is that um it's really hard to deal with the relational loss you know from mm. all of just the newness and the the vision and that you need people and there's seasonal relationships and there's all mm-hmm. those things and so you kind of how was is it has it equipped you to start something new how many times you've kind of um replanted yourself in different houses in different churches across the country how has that equipped you as far as relationally um, to go okay let's start something new and how has it affected the lens that you look at these new relationships through yeah yeah I mean they just show I mean, they show you that you have to value people and relationships over everything else mm-hmm. you know because we always say at core church we value who you are not what you do mm-hmm. because that, that just transcends and it carries for a long time I learned that from Craig you know yeah. mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like no we, we love who you are not what you do mm-hmm. so when people know that you love them because we tell people like if you never come and play another instrument in this house again 
we love who you are and we're, we're, we're available to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just goes a long way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I heard um, a leader, his name's Paul Scanlon. He does a lot of stuff in the business world. He said, if you grow big people, they'll grow big things. Yeah. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. He's, he's, he's phenomenal. That's the guy. I went to his communication masterclass. He's, he's legit. Yeah. Um, put so can you put in me. a good word? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I sent him a, a message. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, so that was um, super important for us to, you know, know that starting something new that what I've learned from those different expressions of houses that relationships were most important when starting something new because also think about this like in a startup i have a product i can i'm selling you Mm -hmm. right kickstarter we need a million dollars i'm going to give you a a cool phone Mm -hmm. you're going to get this pre-launch packaging in the church world i'm like wait god tell me we're gonna have this cool church (laughs) (laughs) uh okay it's gonna be called core church people gonna come to it man people it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be diverse and generosity, man. It's a, it's a posture, and man, it's gonna be like it's gonna be cool. Like heaven is our goal. Come on, like oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. You know, like but you want us to give you you want one hundred fifty thousand dollars, but we're not even a t- there's nothing ten there's no yeah. tangible. Item. There's no product. You're asking people to invest in something that doesn't exist. A vision. A, a, a vision. Dream. And that is the that was the hardest thing about this game. Because there, there, there is nothing. There, there is nothing. Right. So I tell people what is going to be like. The yeah. church, this is the church we see over yeah. it. This is the church we see. Mm-hmm. Man, it's going to be your kids are going to come here. Their kids mm-hmm. are going to come. It's going to be good. Like, and I'm like, uh, okay. And then when I would tell business, because I thought, to be honest with you, I thought that a lot of my money would come from business leaders. Mm. Didn't get a drop of money from them. Pastors. You know why? Business leaders invest in something that has ROI. Yes. Business leaders, they have a different mindset. Yes. Yeah. They do. Yeah, because they they're like, just start it in your house. Mm-hmm. Just You just start in your house, and then yeah. you go out there and do it. But other, but other pastors do, oh, microphones are expensive. Buildings are expensive. So they got it. So I stopped trying to tap into that business world well, and I started meeting the pastors. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, and they got it. And that's how I was able to gain uh, financial momentum, wow. building relationships and talking to other pastors who went before me. Yeah. yeah. What's it like asking for money? Um, it's, it's terrible. It's and especially because I was in COVID mm-hmm. people were scrambling for money yeah. or, or if you don't, weren't scrambling, Saving. you didn't know where your next check was going to come from or what the next year would look like. So, um, it was, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible. People, um, just said, I'll go, I'll get back. I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you know something. I'll get back to you. Um, you know, and we had a lot of promises that never came in. Mm-hmm. I probably would have had $150,000 of all the promises I could have cashed in on them. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. never, you know, because I had a lot of pastors say, we're going to get a check from us. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it just didn't happen. And a lot of, a lot of uh, youth pastors that are going into church planning world or whatever, or whatever ministry role they're serving in, they get to go and preach in other houses right. mm-hmm. and, 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 um, and get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Churches were shut down. They're online only. Yeah. So I couldn't go preach nowhere. I couldn't do anything. So yeah. all of my outlets, the typical yeah. church planning strategy, right. it was out. It was out. Right. The, it was out of the window right. for the me. New game. It was a new, new game, game, and I and I absolutely I, I hated it. Yeah, mm. I hated it. Yeah. Well, tell me from your perspective, because <laughs> um, you know, obviously a different season, but the principles are still the same. Yeah. <laughs> you you've led this church for what eighteen, 18 years. years? Wow. Eighteen years, and we're still walking by faith. Mm-hmm. You know, this the building we're sitting in right now. I mean, it's still. It's Come on. still a, a step of faith. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> yeah. But, so just tell me, you know, reflect back on, on Joel's phase and what it's like to operate an organization like this. From a relational standpoint. Well, let's, let's talk about relationships. I know we're kind of talking about a couple of things. Let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about um, the, the courage it takes mm-hmm. to, um, I don't know how to say this. This is going to come out right, but you understand what I'm saying. 
to ask for money. Yeah, you know, to fundraise. Yeah, so to campaign. So we um, we had an internal core group that um, we we didn't really have to ask ask for money until we tried to move out of that facility. I was already full time um, to move into uh, what was Lithopolis campus, and we had a group at that time. So it had taken us oh what four years and we probably i mean we were running probably around 100 maybe with kids Mm -hmm. um and had expanded a few times in there but we had we had the the ability to do that it was those things were minor this this next step was we were going to buy a facility that cost seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and we had to raise one hundred twenty five thousand. wow and when you have a, a group that probably has 60 to 70 regular adults that are already giving to help meet, you know, they're giving because they believe in giving, they believe in the church, and they're giving, and that's helping meet your budget, that's paying your salary, that's paying all those things, and then you have to stare down, hey, we need to raise another $125,000, otherwise we don't get this loan, and the contract falls through. Wow. And so, you know... Um, I look back on that right now, and I still am like, I have no idea how. Yeah, in the that's world exactly we did how it feels. It's like, it, I just, I don't, I can't even understand how in the world we did it. But we did. It was different. It was scrappy. It was. I had to do a campaign. You had to invite people to give. You, you know, it's. Man, it's that was the first of many that I've done, and I think it's hard when you're when you're a younger leader too. It's hard. You feel so uncomfortable doing it because you know people are giving up money that they worked hard for. Yeah. And you're asking them to believe in a vision of a building that you hope is going to translate into seeing the vision of the church expand. And there's a fear in the back of your mind that I'm going to ask all these people to give this money and then it's not going to work. Yep. It's yep. going to fail. Yep. And so there's just an immense amount of stress, um, you know, and, and, I think a little different situation is you haven't you didn't have time in your situation before you launched to build relational equity with people you were asking right to, to buy in. Right. Right. I had time as I was their pastor for a while. That, and had, their son. We had more than one person there, but and and, and uh, to build relational equity so so my inviting them into the vision to do it. I'm leveraging uh, relational equity mm-hmm. that you didn't have. Right. So, so that's different um, in, in that regard. Uh, but to go back to just even the, the impact, because you also asked, I think, about the relational, um, you know, the, the impact of relationship and loss. I remember in the middle of, so in the middle of this huge step of faith where we had a contract for a building that we weren't sure if we could raise the money for it, we weren't sure how we were going to afford the monthly mortgage. We weren't sure any of that stuff. Yeah. In the middle of that, as we're doing the campaign, and it was, if I recall, it was in May. Uh, we had already started our campaign, and we did everything. I mean, I, I is that for this building or for the no? Month? That was for Lithopolis. Okay. And we did everything like crazy stuff that you was played like a hundred. I played eighty holes of golf no, in 80, a row. Eighty-four holes of golf. I did a golfathon because I was like, I'm not because I'm like eighty-four holes. I was like, I was like, I'm not running. 
He I, hits people, the ball low and straight. People doing marathon. <laughs> Could you feel your back after that? No. Putting's not, <laughs> but putting's I, not great. I literally. But the drives, I was, man, low well, and straight. I said, what can I do low and straight. where I can raise money? Consistent. I don't want to walk and I don't want to run. I said, I'm going to try golf. And so I've tried to get people at work. <laughs> I try to get people at church. I said, they were new people. I'm like, hey, would you sponsor me per hole? And I had I had one person that did <laughs> like I had one person did like five dollars a hole. Like, what's he gonna play? Twenty some holes, you know, thirty. I went and started early in the morning when the sun came up, and I had a golf course that let me, and I had my own golf cart by myself, and I had someone else that was with me the whole Goodness. time, and I played eighty four holes straight. From Would the you do it again? To the end, no. <laughs> uh, it was so exhausting. It was not fun what people think. I did. I have played 80, 84 holes of golf in my life. 18 is, uh, is, yeah, is it's terrible. Exhausting. Yeah. I did 84 holes. We did things. So we did like all this crazy stuff on top of a campaign to say, would you bake give? Bake sales. Bake sales. Anything you can imagine. We had gold. Wow. We asked people like, hey, do you have any gold jewelry that you're not using? We found places that will let you turn in gold. And you but then they call that a legacy fund now in churches. Is that what they do? Yeah, because yeah. you get boats, property, land, and gold and stuff. It's called okay. like, they just made it sound Yeah, nice it was though. more like, hey, here's some earrings that I've never <laughs> Okay, that'll get us a dollar. You know that. what I mean? I mean, it, was, it didn't amount to much. But we, we did all that collectively. It was the effort. And um, and speaking of the relationships, I remember in the month of May, we had we had to have all the money by the time we went to closing, which was the end of May of 2008. Yeah. And so we had we had done the campaign already, I think, in April or something, into May. And in the middle of that, one of our core members – uh, that launched there was three families of ours that launched who was kind of our CFO he was on the, the elder team the board uh, him and his wife came to us and said hey we're going to leave the church mm. and um, and and they said we're going to finish the month of May until we do this but then we're going to leave the church and you know these are people that we actually spent two years before we even launched dreaming uh, meeting at our house every single week you know planning dreaming yeah. of the church wow. and all this wow. stuff and so um, you know when when you go back to the like the relational impact yeah. when you start something new especially in this kind of arena there are people who are with you until they're not and um and you can never really i think be prepared for it it it, it just it just impacts you in ways that you can't imagine yeah i, I don't it's just there's yeah. you know there's and, a book and, on it yeah. and i would say we've i say we've you know and then as our church kind of moved on there and it grew uh, I, I, that's why there are probably just a handful of people that are still in our church today, like the Hughes that I talked about just oh, recently, come on. that were there the first weekend, um, you know, and there's probably a handful or so of people that I can, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's 10, 15 from that er, those early days that are still with us. Yeah. Uh, most people, when they, they like your vision and they like you, when it's small, it gets bigger and they don't. It's not the same, mm. you know, and they move on, and that's okay. It's just hard. You never get used to it. So yeah. there's a lot when it comes to the relationship. This business, and I think it's any business because, you know, even in the business world, they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. And that's <laughs> how you get ahead in business, too. Yes. And yes. so uh, I think you put yourself out there so much relationally, and as a leader, your influence is based on your relationship with people, and then when they walk away from you, yeah. um, you know, yeah. it just it, – it hurts. It stings. You got to pick up and you got to move on. You have to continue invest in, in other people. And I don't have to say sometimes it's not founded. I mean, I've made a lot of leadership mistakes. I've de- made some mistakes. I go back on and go, man, that's, that was pretty stupid. I probably would have left too. So, I mean, it's wow. not always on them. It's I don't want to paint the picture that, you know, the pastors are always in the right and everybody isn't, you know, well, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it's still hard yeah. no matter what, you know, even when it changes. So, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a church planning book. It's called um, It's Not Personal. How not to ch- 
plan a church. Yeah, right, no. exactly. How not to? It's called "It's Not Personal." Don't plan a church. And they scribble out the "not," but it's personal. Yeah. In that book, <laughs> um, I forgot the pastor's name. He's got a multi-site in Atlanta. He wrote the book, mm. and it was just so. It was so just. Um, it just it helped me to realize. And Chris Hodges says that too. The president, one of the guys who started Ark, he's like, you know, just don't hold so tight to people in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. He said, just because he said it'll break your heart. Yeah. He said, but it's just- hard because when you're in those initial stages, it feels different. It's different oh, when you have yeah. 150, 200 people, 300 people versus when you have 15 or when you have 30 I'll or 40. Because I'll feel it where I am. Because you're in the trenches and you're swinging a hammer and nails together and you're sweeping the place and you're vacuuming yeah. together and you're there late at night painting and right. you build bonds with people right. when you're in the trenches. Right. It's just different. And did, and did you have a lot of... Um, uh, uh, people who are who already knew Jesus coming to church. You had a lot of no, saved people. Yeah, I think initially yeah. we definitely. And did. see, that's a big struggle for me. Like our church, um, you know, we have a lot of people who are either unchurched mm-hmm. or used or dechurched. Dechurched. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a totally different dynamic yeah. with relationships because yeah. that's all you got. Mm-hmm. It's like you want me to give ten percent of my earnings, go above and beyond that because we're going to be moving. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me like that? I got to I need to tuck that cord under there because it looks bad. I, like I know you said. 7.30, but what's the deal? Just I can come at 8.30. Hmm. Like, so just getting right. them to Why understand. Why would I listen to you? Right. Is that, no, you're serving Jesus when you come here. No, like, you serve, like, so that whole, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. so their relational game like for us. Concept. And I never, and honestly, and I thought I was, I thought I was pretty churchy going to be in church, but apparently I'm not churchy at all, and I I don't attract churchy. It's probably your tattoos. M- gotta be. Yeah, it gotta be. Yeah, it, got, it must. My wife and I, we thought we were pretty churchy, but apparently <laughs> we are not churchy at all. Well, I want to I wrap this conversation up, and we'll do a part two, because I, I want to talk about yesterday. I want to talk about Sunday and the, okay. the yeah. kind of every, all the, the series of crazy events as the morning unfolded. Mm. Um, but I, I like kind of camping mm-hmm. on this idea of starting something new mm. taking risks yeah what it's like to lead organizationally from a from a launch perspective yeah and also how to how to hold relationships because it's a, we sell a certain bill of goods mm-hmm. you know when it you know even what you preached on yesterday uh acts 4 32 yep mm-hmm. yeah. um the whole idea of the church selling everything they had to to take care of everybody's needs mm-hmm. there's a certain unity in a certain yeah. relationship a certain picture of relationships that we sell in the yeah. church, you know, and we believe wholeheartedly in, in that. But at the same time, understanding the seasonal nature of every mm-hmm. relationship, even yeah. before we moved into this building, mm-hmm. um, that we we only have probably 40% of retention on staff from mm-hmm. uh, before we started this project, wow. you know. So God was moving people on, yeah. you know, and, and there's new people that came onto mm-hmm. the team like mm-hmm. Russ and yeah. and like a whole bunch of people that we have on staff, but there that people are with. There's some people that are forever people and some people that are seasonal people. Yep. And and to my big journey, and maybe we can just land on this is how do I go? Um, how how do I not harbor bitterness in my heart towards people? Mm-hmm. You know, or uh, how, how does my heart not get really hard? Yeah. Well, you know, and towards not letting any new people yeah. in for the fear of that they just might be a seasonal person. Well, you know, that's, mm. it's hard. I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's a great answer for it. I think uh, to love is to hurt and to love is to lose. And well, I mean, good. I just think it is. I, I think that's, that is part and parcel with loving people. Yeah. It's always going to happen. I remember my, my wife one time was just struggling with, um, just this whole idea, you know, of even getting close to people. Yeah. So there's one thing about loving people. There's another thing when you get close yeah. to people um, and then they leave. 
and um, and just kind of you know it what it naturally does in us and you know we're wired for self-preservation is that we're gonna put up walls and barriers and yeah. we're not gonna allow ourselves and to get close to people really loud yeah. Some people Ooh, leave loudly. You better yes. preach that. Say that, say that for the people in the back. Some people say things when they leave that they never said to you. Oh yeah, and and, and one that's of the, the that's, that's really it is. And you're gonna have to you have to you have to process that pain no matter what. And I think as a as a as a Christ follower, that's where you know we're called to forgive and we're called to. We're called so much to bless those who become your enemies and right. to pray for those who persecute. So, so to me, that's that's a whole other piece. Everybody has to walk through that. But I'll just say this: that um, one time we were uh, we were with a um, an organization that had take, taken some pastors on a trip, and uh, one of the guys who was he pastored a very very large church in Phoenix, Arizona. His wife, my wife, was talking to her. She was in a little group with her, and that question was brought up: What? How do I handle? people that were in my life friends that are now gone and not wanting to allow myself that and she just said that the the pastor's wife said something that just was really profound to her she said sometimes god needs to move god needs to move some people out of your life to make room for new people yeah mm-hmm. and when you can have that perspective that hey there are some people and again it doesn't mean to hold people too lightly because you do there is a there's a level of not holding on to people so tightly that they yeah. become your savior. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what we do as pastors because if I don't have them, I don't, I don't have the money, I don't have this yeah. and this. Yep. But I think there's, there's a level of understanding that, like what you said, is that it, it can be seasonal and that there are some people that maybe for God to create room in your heart and your life for another friend right. down the road or somebody else that's going to pour into yeah. your life might have to move out. There's going to have to be some space cleared out for that to happen. So that kind of framework can change your I mind. I also think, too, like one thing that's helpful. Do you mind speaking up? Hey, you know what? My last little thought. <laughs> I, 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 I'm here to listen today. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think one thing that is helpful. I love it. Um, when you look at relationships that can be a helpful framework is when you look at the relationships in your life through the, the view of stewardship. Mm. Because when you look at relationships through the view of stewardship, you're only responsible to steward for however much you're entrusted in that season. Mm. And then when they leave, your only stewardship is how you respond. When they leave. And when they leave mm-hmm. or when they're in your life. I mean, from the, I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine a parent knows one day they're probably going to leave the house. So children aren't a possession. They're stewardship, people in the church, in your life, friendships. And that way you don't also have, I think you cause a lot of harm when you have a very binary view of relationships. Mm-hmm. Like they're either with me super close yeah. or I shut them out. Right. No, mm-hmm. you may just need to steward them in a different distance yeah. or a different proximity so or a different place in your heart. And I just want to say this, if anybody listening online can actually hear me, um, because I just think you're so inspiring. And I think there's so many people listening that probably are thinking, man, I want to do something special. I want to start something new. And so I always like to think of, for me, kind of the cream that has risen to the top in this conversation. Number one is that anything meaningful will involve risk. And yep. sacrifice. Yep. If there's no risk, there's no meaning. If there's no sacrifice, there's no meaning. Number two is that the greatest wealth in life is relationship. Mm-hmm. The greatest wealth and the greatest resource is relationship. Number three, even though quote unquote self-promotion feels really icky, 
if you believe in something enough, mm-hmm. you will ask people to invest in something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will yeah. ask people to invest in something that can change their life and yours and the world. Mm-hmm. And then number four, I just want to say this because it, not to get all spiritual, but it, you, you, I want to rally around a point you said yesterday that for every dream God gives you, it's attached to a journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, uh, in the spiritual framework, we could preach about Joseph given a dream as a teenager. Yeah. And then he went through pits and prisons and 19 years later, Moses went, but you, you didn't mention this yesterday or even today, but God gave you a dream for this church in 2015. But not only that, you, I remember in 2016 when you thought you were going to do it then. Mm, come on. And I, remember, I didn't even forget, I forgot about that conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, but, and so how many times do we think when God gives us something, we know the time or, or even if you're not a Christian, Man, I have a dream in my heart, and here's how it's going to happen. Here's when it's going to happen. Here's what it's going to look like. One of my heroes, John Mark Comer, says that from the time of a dream given to the time when it's completed, it's always going to be four things. It's going to look harder, longer, different, and better. Mm. It's going to be longer usually to get there, harder to get there. It's going to look different. But in the end, if you stick it out, you work hard, you build team you trust god whatever your faith work it it will look more beautiful and it'll look better and your journey looked nothing like what it would look like from the time in 2015 you had the idea to the time in 2016 when you thought i'm getting ready to get this but in between i'm getting ready to do this was austin and oklahoma and another place in augusta georgia but you probably wouldn't now trade any of that what you thought was pain was just preparation right to get you ready, your heart ready to sustain the beauty of what God had given you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. Well said, even if I couldn't understand it. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Joel, how can people find you? How can people follow you, Joel? Uh, they can find me, well, several different ways, but Joel Romere, J-O-E-L-R-O-M-I-R-R-E. It's probably a mouthful. Joel Romere. And uh, it's not many out, out there, so I'll probably be the first one pops up. You got thecorechurch.com, T-H-E-C-O-R-church.com. No E. Come on, somebody. What if they no want to e. invest? They want to invest, they can go to thecorechurch.com as well and click give. <laughs> and we also got a button that says Core Church Relaunch. <laughs> that allows you to watch a video of my beautiful wife and I talk about uh, our heart for the city of Lawrenceville and where we're going. Cool. I love it. Let's wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for uh, consuming this podcast, this conversation. We love our podcast family. So as always, you can email us questions or feedback. We love connecting with you. You can uh, email us at podcast at the X dot church. You can leave a, a review on one of our platforms. You can like and share this conversation. We're so thankful for you. And we hope that this filled your sales today. And we'll, uh, we'll connect with you back on a part two. Thank you all so much.